This is the story about... I want to do it too. Okay, one, two. This is Precious Lives. Stories about kids. Teens. Teens. Guns. Guns. And how we end the violence. Bye-bye. Because, because we are precious. Because we are precious. This is Precious Lives. If you heard Precious Lives last week, you might remember Coach Eric Moore. Oh, that's the crying coach. He coaches in a summer basketball league called Warning Project Respect, and he's earned himself a reputation throughout the league. I'll be like, yep, ain't nothing wrong with crying. Cry, laugh, and thank every day. It's a complete day, baby. You hold it in. You never know how it's going to come out. Coach held in his tears for years after his best friend and basketball teammate John West was killed when they were teenagers. That trauma had major consequences on Coach. There was prison time, suicidal thoughts, and more violence. But he was able to turn things around, and now he's trying to help his 13- and 14-year-old players let their emotions out in a healthy way, because last year, they lost a teammate. They lost 13-year-old Giovanni Cameron, or Gio for short. And as Precious Lives producer Emily Foreman found out, while Coach Moore is known as a crying coach, his players are known as a fighting team. In early July, at the third game of the warning basketball season, I joined some moms on the sidelines because moms don't miss anything. Me and Danita has this debate constantly because I don't like street ball. Yanome and Danita's sons play together on the same team. It is rough. It's, it's too hardcore. rough, and they're not being taught the fundamentals. Street ball is so free. And Danita, then you they know that. Get some scrapes and bruises, a scar. They call them war. War well, I don't want those on Antonio. He's not wounds. fighting a war. His dad fought a war for him. The moms spot arms flying in the crowd where their sons stand. Okay, like fight. Wait, wait. And they jump up and bolt across the court. By the time I catch up, the fight is over. Danita's son DeAndre fills me in. His teammate Kali got upset because his other teammate, Keyshawn, ran the clock out with five seconds left in the game instead of passing the ball. Kali wanted another chance at a basket. But Kali and one of the other players, they did this last year. They got in, they always want to fight their own teammate. That's how they became known as the team that fights their own players. Kali storms off before Coach Moore can calm him down. Coach picks up his phone, calls Kali, no answer. I don't mind kids getting attitudes because that shows that they're passionate about it. But how you handle it, you can't just walk off, not talk to nobody. and nah, I don't want to hear that, sh-, you know, get to cussing and all that. No, 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 no. They lost a bunch of close games last year because of technical fouls for cursing. Last year around this time, July 8, 2015, Giovanni Cameron was shot and killed. And it was like a little riff. Coach says the guys that grew up with Gio. And Kali was one of them. They resented their other teammates who hadn't known Gio as long. And they was like, man, he's my teammate. I, I don't care if I knew him for three weeks. I loved him. When it first happened, Coach invited a pastor once or twice to speak to his players to offer some emotional healing. Coach has been to therapy, and he worries that there's a limit to how much he can help his players. This only our third game. It's going to be some rough times. I don't mind y'all debating with each other in practice and stuff like that. But in the game, let it go. A few days after the game, Coach Moore runs practice around 3.30 p.m. It's more laid back than usual. No whistles or layup drills. It's just a pickup game. Coach plays with them. He did that a lot last season during practice. 
because they were short a player after Gio died. The day, the day he died, we, just, we came up here. It did after he died. We came up here, and I just, I just let everything out on the court. That's Kali, the player who stormed off at the end of the last game. He's back after talking with Coach. I, I kind of moved on. Uh, I just feel like I know that I can do better. Kali plays mad. You can see it in his posture, his furrowed brow, clenched jaw. A year ago today was the last time he played with Gio. I, I never, so I never show Coach more just give up. Tomorrow's a different day. Whatever you're feeling right now, brother, you're going to get over it. I'm going to love you still tomorrow. Coach still wants to get them professional help, but for now, it's his responsibility. After over an hour of practice, Coach slings his large black duffel bag over his shoulder and walks with his team over to Gio's old block. They join a crowd filling the streets in front of Gio's old house. Gio's mom, Devin Cameron, waits for balloons to arrive. It's been a year, and so since it's been a year, I want them to write on their balloons um, how they dealt with it for a year. And if it's hurt, we're going to let it go. But July 8th is not a day Devin wants to remember. It's like a year coming, then all the kids are texting, what are you doing for Gio? One year anniversary. And so you can't respond because you're like, I don't want you to celebrate his death. Off to the side, Gio's teammates cluster together. Coach stands nearby, shades on, smoking a cigarello. Almost all wear rest in peace t-shirts with favorite photos of Gio and phrases like ball in heaven. They bounce basketballs, rib each other, brag about how many points they scored in the last game. You hear me, Coach? How many buddies did I score last game? Out of all his players, Coach says Debrion is most like Giovanni. You had a lot of laughs. You did. You playing, you playing good, D. Yeah, they call me D. 14-year-old D pops a gold grill in and out of his mouth as he talks. He likes to joke around, and he has a lot of energy, fueled by his culinary specialty, breakfast sandwiches. Turkey on there first, then you put eggs on there, then you put cheese, then you put turkey, then you put eggs. And then you put another slice of turkey, then you put the cheese, then you cause the bread. D says he spent every day with Gio. I do get depression sometimes when I think about him, but at the same time, it's memories that make me smile. Like how Gio loved to run. He did a layup or a pass, and it, it overboard, like it flew over the rim. And we had to run laps, and he just kept on laughing, he just kept on laughing about it. I asked D about his team's reputation as the fighting team, and he wasn't too concerned. Uh, of course we argue and stuff like that because we're a family. We're not just a team. We're a family because we, we've been through something. Family is the word Coach Moore uses to describe their team, too. I, I like a, a man that's very emotional because that shows you that they're true to you and they really care about you. My number one role model is my mama. When you're being raised by your mother, your mother show you how to show your feelings. And I like him because he show you don't be scared to show your true feelings. And then, like, the last time, he was like... Coach wears a weepy smile when he talks about the last time he saw Giovanni at practice. You know, I'm going to have 20 tomorrow. I said, I'll be, be lucky if you get three rebounds in a bucket. He's like, I'm going to get that in my sleep. Like Gio did, D also has high hopes for their next game. And today, I'm going to try to score, like, 30. And as long as we work together and be straight and keep Gio on our mind, the whole team, we're just going to win every game. 
The boys leave. They run back to the court to make their six o'clock game. And then moments later, a car pulls up with balloons spilling out of its windows. Devin, Gio's mom, calls for attention. Hey, everybody! Balloons and markers are passed around, and before Devin can finish the instructions, she breaks down. All right, y'all, y'all ready? (laughs) Everyone writes a message for Gio, and then it's time to let it go. One, two, three. By the time I make it back to the court, game four is underway. Hey, we still not communicating on defense, man. Make the game easy for yourself, man. Lay up at the layup. In the huddle, Kylie reminds Dabrion of his strengths. That you don't step, you know, can't nobody stop that. Just do it, bro. Keep going. No, nobody stop that, bro. You do it all the time in practice. Do it out here. Because no one knows your strengths and weaknesses like family. Help him, help him, help him. Don't die. Don't die. Suddenly, the league director stops the game. He got a tag at the beginning. He comes in the coach. The same one, number one. This time, the focus is on the opposing team. They are the ones racking up technical fouls for cursing. The game is over. The game is over. The director calls the game. He just cussed Because of their behavior, the opposing team forfeits the game. Y'all shake hands with them if y'all want to. Coach Moore's team gets a win. Let's go, team. Go, go, on three. One, two, three, team. Go, go. Go, go was the nickname Coach Moore gave Giovanni the first time he met him. So today, instead of the team that fights their own players... Their team go go. Four no! They four no! <laughs> you just heard part two of the three part series. We followed Coach Moore's team all summer during the Warning Basketball League season. We'll air the final story next week at this time. You can also find information on how to contribute to the league run by Running Rebels Community Organization on our website, preciouslivesproject.org. Precious Lives is produced by 371 Productions in association with WUWM, WNOV, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, and the Wisconsin Center for Investigative Journalism. We're supported by the Isabel and Alfred Bader Fund and the Greater Milwaukee Foundation. Music by Kiran V.